0: Blood Talk Radio. Good evening everybody in Cyberland, Dr. Simon for the second night in a row um, and we were talking yesterday about selves and certainly I didn't even touch on the developmental aspects of self, the way in which uh, our perceptions change with age maturity, with cognitive development uh, where we develop a um, historical perspective uh, so that the self becomes reflective, we become capable of insight. Um, and I've been talking about these same themes over the years, so that I had a show uh, 622 and 615, uh, 2009, on selves, and a show uh, September 18th. 2012, uh, this just passed uh, a year, on uh, developmental psychology. Not many people tuned into that, but if you really are, have some interest uh, in how um, maturity and education uh, and development affect the way in which the self operates, ourselves operate, uh, uh, you may uh, look in, into those shows and... Um, uh, uh you know i again, if I stay doing this uh for any length of time, I will uh, come back to these themes because I think they 're so central uh for a a psychology that we can all live by uh rather than a psychology that turns us into machines or 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 reduces us in some way, so that the feeling of being human uh and and human feeling uh become denigrated, uh, ignored, and uh, we lose a capacity to see ourselves uh, from our subjectivity, as subjects from the perception of I. That is, I do, I think, I feel, I plan, I dream, I die, I live, uh, etc. But I wanted to today go on and talk a little bit about identity and its relationship to self. Identity doesn't really come about without language. Uh, Animals experience the world. But it's clear, uh, if you go down the evolutionary scale, uh, without language, uh, there seems to be no identification. Uh, Leaders form, and there are followers, and there are procedures, biologically determined procedures, by which... um, Mates are taken, and and evaluations uh, of the situation are done, uh, and, and, and can be quite sophisticated. But I don't think uh, there are many animals who have woken up once said, and said, My name is Larry, and um, <clears throat> I wonder why I'm living, I wonder why I die, uh, <laughs> what tribe do I belong to, what is my religion, my race, these things... Uh, are left to human beings uh, to deal with uh, because we develop language. Now, of course, language informs every aspect of our lives, uh, including the way in which uh, the self experiences the world. Uh, But defining ourselves and being defined is such a critical aspect of trying to understand uh, what we are as human beings. And more importantly, or as importantly, Uh, The quality of the life we're going to be able to lead. (laughs) Um, Some years ago, I began to do a kind of an exercise with my students and patients, to some degree. And I can't do this over the uh, over the uh, uh, airwaves because I have no idea who really is listening. And this is best done. This exercise is best done. Uh, by uh, doing it in advance of the discussion. And what I would ask people to do uh, is to sit down, write the words I am on a piece of paper, and then fill in the sentence I am, end the sentence with as many words and phrases as they possibly could think of in about five or ten minutes. Um, Some people used to take this out of the class and really spend a lot of time thinking about it, which is something I was glad, uh, because it's something personally I have struggled with over the years. Who am I? Who am I? Uh, How do I define myself, especially after the fact that all of the early definitions, all of the early stories I lived by weren't mine. They were others. They were my parents. They were my teacher's. They were my rabbis. Uh, they were politicians at, at uh, two steps away from me. But uh, this, this struggle, I think, is central. And without asking about who we are, uh, our perception of the world doesn't change. And we could live out our lives without asking, this, is this the life I want to live? Is this what I consider a good life? Uh, so to me, these are critical existential human questions, and uh, part of what I wanted to see uh, from my own education and, and, and the education of my children and grandchildren and all of the students and patients I've worked with over the years uh, was a kind of evaluation so that choices can be made. Not easy to change the basic stories that we live by, that we grew up with. But if these stories uh, and the way we define ourselves lead to misery and conflict and rage and a feeling of emptiness, uh, then uh, it seems to me in the short life we have, uh, if choices can be made, they should be made. They need to be made. So when I, I asked the students, I would get all kinds of interesting uh, responses. And let me just suggest a few of the descriptions uh, that I was given about uh, how people define themselves. In other words, that aspect of their identity, which is not judgmental, but is basically descriptive. Um, most of the time, or much of the time, I am is provided by a first name. So I'm going to give you my own list. As we go along. Um, I don't think there's anything deeply personal about any of this. So this is this is where it goes. I am Larry, Larry Simon. And so interesting uh that when we discuss this, much of the conflict and much of the struggle of growing up to become one's own person, if that's what one wants. And I believe there are deep, powerful needs in all of us because we are individuals and because we are unique in our perception and the way we experience the world, that while I always wanted to be a Simon, a member of my family, first I wanted to be a Larry, a Lawrence, which is my my, uh, given name, Larry, the nickname. Uh, I wanted that to come first. And there were aspects of being a Larry being my own individual that conflicted with my parents, just as each of my children made choices in life that expressed who they were um, and what they wanted for their lives, that at the time, uh, I would consider, my wife might consider to be a mistake and would have to be negotiated and would have to figure out how we resolve these conflicts But much of the time, uh, the conflict was resolved because uh, decisions were made by my children as they grew older uh, before we were even consulted. But much of the conflict that exists within families will be, what kind of decisions will a parent accept in terms of the individual choices that uh, people make within the family? So difficult ones that can lead to terrible conflict, rejection and breakup of the family. Uh, What if a child decides to marry, falls in love, and decides to marry somebody out of faith? Or in our society, out of race. Uh, People crossing color lines, deep social divides, Uh, the, the story of Romeo and Juliet has profound consequences for uh, the way we observe ourselves. Shakespeare was deeply aware uh, of, in this play, which leads to two star-crossed lovers dying as, as beautiful young people because the families that they belong to hate each other. And so the ultimate sin, the ultimate rejection, betrayal of the family values is to cross certain kinds of lines. Uh, and c- career choices, uh, powerful, powerful conflicts. Um, father wants his uh, child to become a doctor, and the child doesn't want to be an academician, doesn't want to have anything to do with academics, wants art or music. I can't tell you the number of times I tried to work through conflicts with um, patients, with families, where this was no small issue. I remember a a happy ending to a story of a student who came to me uh, while we were having these discussions and said to me, I hate being in college. I don't like it. Uh, There's nothing here that interests me. And while I enjoy your course, what I'm learning is I really don't want to be here. I said, what do you want to be? He said, I want to be a chef. I love to cook. I'd like to be trained as a professional chef. So I said, what stops you? And he was sort of surprised I would tell say that to him because some of his other teachers saw this also as a folly. Uh, academics, people with advanced degrees, tend to be kind of arrogant uh, as a group and see that as their superiority. And by the way, I, I will talk about why so many of us uh, look down upon and judge in negative ways people who decide to uh, live their life and and express themselves in ways that run counter to the way uh, we have chosen to live our lives. And I said to him, so why don't you do this? I said, if you hate being here, you're not learning, you're not studying, do what you love to do. It's a short life. And we discussed the possibility this could be a mistake economically. Uh, But he said to me finally, I think my father would kill me or my father would die. And here I said to him, does your father love you? Because I come back to the idea of love. Uh, because if you're loved, in the final analysis, father will accept. And he says, I think my father loves me. And he went home, and sure enough, uh, it was a blow-up. There was a tremendous conflict. Uh, we had discussed certain um, uh, gambits and styles and, and 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 techniques of holding this conversation with his dad, uh, so that he wouldn't lose control and he wouldn't yell and scream like uh, a three-year-old or a four-year-old, which so often, you know, the yelling starts in a family and nobody hears the words anymore. All they hear is the yelling, and and the conflict just gets driven up. Uh, and he kept a quiet voice. And finally, the father said to him, "I think this is a mistake. You're breaking my heart, but I love you. go and do it." And he dropped out of my class. he dropped out of the school, the uh, city university, and about a year and a half later I may have said this story on the air before, because it's really one of my favorite stories. Um, he came into my classroom one afternoon. Uh, He came back to school to visit, and he had just graduated a year's program at a very fine uh, school in Manhattan, a chef school. He had gotten a job as a sous chef uh, in in a restaurant, in a good restaurant in Manhattan. And this was a young man who was as happy as a young man could be. Uh, His relationship with his friends, his relationship with his girlfriend, everything was improved because he was now still a member of his family, but he was a member of himself. He had, had uh, a, a sense of where he was going. His sense of self was whole. Uh, he was creative in his own mind, and he was getting recognition for being a, a good chef, a successful chef. He wasn't merely a cook. He was a professional chef. So all of these aspects uh, become issues. Uh, Many issues, uh, things that I noticed is that the more an individual struggles with an aspect of their identity, the higher up it is on the list. So rarely would males put down, I am a male, but almost always high on the list was, I am a female. Because uh, women, especially in this time um, of, of our society, Uh, have been going through for the last 30 years a profound transformation of the role of a woman and hence how the self uh, uh, relates to the world and to men and to children and to the workforce. In fact, just this week, uh, it was announced that women in the United States military will now be in combat roles. 30 years ago, this would have been unthinkable, absolutely unthinkable. So the transformation that came through a variety of struggles and fights uh, and, 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 and difficult uh, social uh, uh, issues uh, has brought it to the point where we now recognize uh, that women <coughs> can fight and die in the military just as with men. Um, women can be policemen women can do all kinds of things in fact uh, uh, somewhere on the list of psychology shows uh, I forget the name of it I listened to a lot of it this afternoon uh, is a show where uh, the psychologist interviews a woman who wrote a book about the rise of women (laughs) and the related difficulty that many men have in terms of defining themselves in relation to women because of the changes in the economy, and the changes in relation to women sexually, uh, economically, politically, morally, uh, that leaves many men uh, struggling with their identities. Uh, Race is a very big issue. Uh, uh, Rarely does anybody look down, I am white. We assume in our country... Uh, although, since Obama, this, I think, has been, uh, again, a transformational kind of a process, uh, that being white is what America is. It's white America. <clears throat> and the minorities are called um, uh, minorities and, and, and people of color uh, and all kinds. We've struggled over the last years from when I was a teenager, uh, people were Negroes. People of color were Negroes. Then they became black, then African-American. Uh, it becomes a hodgepodge now. Uh, but it's so interesting as people struggle with their identities, uh, those who feel persecuted, those who feel that it's extremely difficult to form their identity uh, in terms of the hostilities of society, uh, rank the issue of their identity in that area much higher religion um, uh, very rarely did anybody put down I am Protestant America is a Protestant country although that's rapidly changing uh, Jews almost always very high on the list because being a Jew after the last thousand years of history uh, culminating in the Holocaust, uh, is a critical issue. Um, uh, uh, Catholics, uh, a critical issue, less than Jews, uh, because any any group uh, that is based in Christianity uh, has more of a home in the United States, a comfortable home. Uh, the, uh, Muslims, and, and what's interesting is that I had a good number of Muslims in my class, in the last few years uh, people who had emigrated from Pakistan uh, um, and other countries uh, um, refugees from Iraq uh, who, who uh, were struggling mightily and, and the young women in those classes you want to talk about difficulty in, in finding a, an identity in relation to sexuality and dating and friends um, Uh, Muslim women uh, are are, are way, way, way back in terms of equality with men and being able to make the choices so that uh, I comes before the uh, uh, religion or I comes before uh, your identity as a female. Um, Yes, one of the things I personally struggled with in religion was uh, am I a Jew, who's Larry, or Larry, who's a Jew. And of course, at my age now, this has been largely resolved. And I won't go into the particulars of it. Um, uh, I'm an American. Oh, big issue in terms of identity, nationality. Um, And most Americans accept that they're Americans, not much on the list. But again, uh, am I a Jewish American? Am I an American who's a Jew? Uh, this is this issue. These are issues that I have struggled with over the years. Uh, not maybe not critically, but importantly. Uh, am I an Italian American or am I an American who's Italian? That was always an issue in the struggles of my students uh, to define when they became aware of. See, now most of the time we're not even aware that these struggles are going on. But the nice thing about uh, discussing things and and gaining perspective on them without judgment, without fear, without criticism, is that you now come to own these issues rather than living within them and struggling with them without even awareness of what it is that we're struggling with. So all of these things became, become critical in trying to define who we are. For myself, it is an awareness that I always want to be Larry, who's an American, and Larry, who's Jewish, and Larry, who's a psychologist. And again, I've done several shows uh, in, in, in the archives on what kind of psychologist and psychotherapist uh, I was and, and some of the personal rejection and hostility uh, that uh, I received uh, and some of the times where I would uh, uh, look back and, and feel kind of uh, embarrassed by how... Uh, Uh, poorly i handled some of those conflicts in terms of not owning the conflict but getting involved in it and ending up in personal squabbles and insults with people um who who said in effect how dare you think who are you to say you know uh more than freud or more than piaget or more uh that you could go your own way as a psychotherapist uh what school of psychology do you belong to and you can know from my show here even the title of my show uh, yesterday and today that i think that um the entire psychiatric dominated field of mental health so-called mental health is a disaster for the identities of people so let's move then to uh judgments of the self And here again, I've done many, many shows on this. I'm always talking about this. So many of the definitions of self, that form our identity, are value judgments. Are value judgments. Uh, Just to stay with my own field, the mental health field, my heart breaks any time I hear somebody say, I am mentally ill or I am schizophrenic. Uh, This is like saying I'm a schmuck, I'm an asshole, which we hear all the time. And by the way, when I play golf and I lose it and and I regress (laughs) to a kind of infantile state because uh, uh, I've been swatting at a ball and I can't get it to move, Uh, fortunately that happens less and less these days, Um, uh, I'll say things like that. And I hear things from all of the people I play with. Uh, lots of times we laugh as we say it because we have some distance but this business of defining ourselves in some term that is absolute defective that we're a defective self this changes just what we allow ourselves to experience Um, I, I again rail against all of the psychiatric labels which Instead of saying, even if if you want to use the word schizophrenic, I behave schizophrenically, because these are all words that should be verbs, not nouns. Um, But when somebody begins really to internalize, and I would have students, and I hear children say, I am learning disabled. uh, It makes me angry, and it makes me frustrated, and makes me very, very sad for people who use terms like this. Uh, Maybe the teacher is teaching disabled. I mean, isn't that possible? Uh, You are not schizophrenic. You are not crazy. You are not learning disabled. You are different. And sometimes the differences are hard to understand, and sometimes the differences make reaching your goals difficult. But by turning these differences into notions of being defective and permanently defective, permanently damaged why then uh we now have an identity uh, that is spoiled i forget the name uh uh, oh it's going to come to me later when i hang up who used the term spoiled identity a social worker uh, a a sociologist who used the term spoiled identity to have an identity riddled with terms that are negative judgments that define the individual for themselves as permanently disabled, as permanently unlovable, as permanently a failure. Life empties out in terribly, terribly painful ways when an individual defines themselves as defective. I did a whole show on this a couple of weeks ago. Try to sit down and get rid of the labels that you use to define yourself. Start with, I am different than others, and thus and so. And what do I have to do to solve the problems in living? Um, I had a discussion with a young man some years ago who said, there's something wrong with me. And uh, those words are so difficult to deal with. There's something wrong with me. Uh, I can't get a date. And we discussed it. I said, yes, you have a problem. And it's interesting that the word you have a problem or I have a problem really can be used in two different ways. One is I have a problem means there's something wrong with me. I'm defective. Problem can't be overcome. Or the impossible words I have to change. Well, I think we can change our shirts and our shoes and our underwear, which we probably should change as frequently as possible. But to change ourselves becomes impossible because we don't even know how to define that. If we're going to change the nouns, it's the leopard changing his spots. It doesn't work. So I said, there's another way of using the word you have a problem, and that is, I have a problem x squared plus 6 equals 32, solve for x. I have a problem getting a date. Let's analyze the situations and how you go about trying to find the date. And what it is you have to learn to do. What do you have to learn about the young ladies? What do you have to learn about where you're trying to find dates and meet people? And our discussion was interesting because it led to a discussion about the fact that he spends his time in these bars in Manhattan trying to pick up women there. And the women are so burned out. And the men are so burned out that it's all this, this, this uh, uh, who strikes first, who rejects first. People are frightened, they're cynical, and you throw a lot of alcohol into this so that judgments are not exactly the same uh, 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 as when we're sober, and you end up with all kinds of botched relationships or botched attempts. Secondly, you're in a bar. Under those circumstances, you're a stranger. In this day and age, it is extremely difficult for someone to meet someone under those circumstances and feel safe. Uh, how do you become funny when when you feel in danger? Uh, you keep people at arm's length. You become suspicious. Uh, uh, so we discussed all of these things. And this young man uh, finally, after discussing this, uh, saw a young lady he would like to ask out, and she was with somebody he recognized from college. So he went over to the fellow and he said, Uh, Are you seeing that girl? And the guy said, no, uh, you want me to introduce you? And with an introduction, being cold sober, uh, he got a date, and he formed a relationship with the young lady that went someplace. So it was the solution to a problem, not overcoming a defect of identity. Um, We can do this at, at length. Anybody want to call in? If there's anybody there who would like to call in, uh, I'm getting lovely responses to these things, but nobody seems to be here at the time I do the uh, presentation, these discussions, uh, who would like to join in this discussion. Uh, tell your friends. Uh, I'm going to try to do these on Wednesday at 8 o'clock. Uh, if I can't do Wednesday, maybe I'll go to Tuesday And then I'll add something on Wednesday to tell you about Tuesday because the first part of this discussion was 8 o'clock yesterday and it's already nicely archived. Uh, That's a nice thing about uh, Blog Talk Radio. This doesn't just go into the air and evaporate. So, um, let's see. What else? Okay. I think that uh, I've done enough for tonight. Uh, I think I'd like to... uh, take a shower and watch some television, have a cup of tea. I have some really good oatmeal raisin cookies that uh, my wife will tell me I don't need after the big dinner I had, but ta-ta. Not even my doctor says anything about a little uh, rubber tire around my waist these days. Uh, Age does have some of its uh, uh, rewards. So if there's nobody to call in, I'm going to say a good night and the episode, and uh, I have something scheduled for next Wednesday at eight. But I already feel kind of burnt out with the topic of morality, and maybe uh, over the week I will see something in the newspapers that's more topical, and uh, I can stir the pot uh, with you. So, okay. Have a good one whenever you hear this. Uh, be kind to yourself. Be kind to those in your life. Uh, get rid of the judgments. Uh, get rid of the nouns. I am uh, schizophrenic. I am normal. You are abnormal. Get rid of all that stuff. Uh, talk about what people beha- how people behave and in the context in which it takes place. I- I'll give you one quick example before uh, we stop. A student had told me this story. Uh, somebody, she was having dinner uh, with her family uh, in a restaurant, and somebody got up and, uh, as they left to the bathroom, fell down. And everybody said, klutz, klutz, you're a klutz. And a couple of minutes later, she got up and fell down because the floor was slippery. It was wet. Right? You want to understand behavior understand a person's motive and understand the situation, the context in which it takes place, rather than defining uh, the individual by some moral term, by some ugly label uh, that doesn't explain anything uh, except in our own uh, little minds and ends up causing misunderstanding and great hurt to everybody involved. Okay, folksies. Have a good one. Uh, Let's see. Just before I go, let's launch the small chat and see if there's something that we can talk about here. Oh, they're going to make my chat room. Okay. Okay. Stories we live by, and that's it. Nobody else is here. Have a great evening. Good night.